Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, why didn't USF head coach Jeff Scott retain any of the Bulls' assistants, including Sean King and Kerwin Bell? And what does recruiting look like for the Bulls? Jameis Winston says he hopes he's helped his case to stay with the Bucks. Has he done enough? And what kind of contracts should they offer him? And are the Rays better or worse off for some of the moves they've made this winter? We'll ask all that and more of our friend Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, uh, folks, tomorrow we're going to do our mailbag. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, and I know you have lots of questions on uh, really anything, the Bulls, the Lightning, the Bucks, you name it. Um, so here's what you do. If you want to submit some questions, and we'll read them on the air and answer them as well, you can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. All right, the lovely and talented uh, Chris Torello joins us now from Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9. Chris, you're the guy to go to for this news because uh, it was I guess it was breaking uh, the last couple of days. Jeff Scott, of course, the new USF coach who you know very well and did a nice interview uh, on your station with, has decided that not a single member of Charlie Strong's staff will be on his coaching staff, and that means guys like Sean King, who's been here a long time, of course, uh, both as a Bucks quarterback and USF coach, great recruiter for them, and, and even Kerwin Bell, who I had lots of hopes for and, and seemed like a, you know, a, a good guy with a big resume that would do nice things. He's gone as well. So let's talk about this. What, uh, what do you make of Scott not retaining any of the assistants? Yeah, well, first on Kerwin Bell, I think it was um, you know at the afternoon that they were actually making it official that Monday afternoon where they finally said, hey, you know, the worst kept secret is that we are going to have him as our coach. Uh, that's when I had talked to some people that said, you know, he's interested in Kerwin Bell maybe sticking around. Kerwin had a contract still. And, uh, you know, there was some some issue maybe about how many guys he could get from Clemson. Does Dabo come more from the kind of Nick Saban kind of school of thought like hey I got you the job why the hell do I have to give you my guys who have made our system successful so um, you know I think I think he is going to bring some guys with him we should know about that within not too far from now Uh, but um, but yeah Kerwin I thought maybe just for the sake of offensive consistency uh, but you know I'm not upset I don't think anyone should be upset Uh, if you actually look at Sterling Gilbert he had far more success than Kerwin Bell USF fans don't like me for pointing that out but facts don't like feelings and uh, as far as I'm concerned Kerwin Bell was a failure (laughs) yeah no he was he was an absolute failure from from the Wisconsin game on you know Scott of course was a co-offensive coordinator he says he's going to hire an offensive coordinator but the fact that you know, this will be his offense. Does does that <clears throat> maybe uh, you know enable him to uh, to do some different things? In other words, they're going to run his offense, not Kerwin Bell's. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think we're, we're getting to, a you know, Kerwin Bell would just keep saying over. I mean, it's like, the, you know, not, I'd rather harp on Kerwin than Charlie. Uh, Charlie's a, is a great man. And, you know, but Charlie would always use the line like, you know, hey, we just got to get back on track. We just got to do that. And he kind of got tiresome. Well, I think USF fans were a little bit more lenient with Kerwin Bell, who kept saying, you know, we just got to execute. We just got to execute. You know, it's a, it's a very simple offense. And it's like, well, you told us it was sophisticated. Now you're telling us it's simple. You know, like you can't go back and forth on these things. So, uh, you know, I yeah. think for, for Kerwin, I think, it, yeah, I mean, some of the talent wasn't there. Uh, it doesn't help that you knew Johnny Ford was going to be suspended for Wisconsin two weeks out. And then you still practiced with him all the way until game day. That doesn't work. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that were behind the scenes that just weren't I think weren't acceptable. Uh, I think the coaching staff as a whole needed to be removed. Uh, Sean King is the I, I'm telling you this right now. Sean King is the only coach from Bay Area players, from players on the team Bay and, and, and other Bay Area coaches that are upset that he's leaving because what he's meant to this area and um, it's pretty universal. So hopefully, um, you know, he lands somewhere, but uh, as far as the rest of them, they're, some of them are good guys and uh, they'll land, but Jeff Scott needs a clean slate. And I think if USF wants to really attack the Bay area, they need a clean slate because from who I've spoken with, I've gotten one word when it comes to the majority of this coaching staff recruiting the Bay area lazy. That's not Sean King. That's the majority of the coaching staff though. Yeah, no, no, Sean was one that uh, was was one of their best recruiters. And, of course, the old Bay Maid uh, slogan starts with him, right, because that's, that's yeah. exactly where he was from. Sean, mm-hmm. though, uh, just quickly before we, we go on with USF here, uh, I mean, look, Willie Taggart is down at Florida Atlantic. He, he's not going to be unemployed for very long, obviously. No, no, Sean's a Sean's a quality guy. And the thing is, he's kind of been out of place. I mean, you know, granted, I mean, I think he can he can make anybody talented, you know, but, you know, he, he's been doing running backs. I mean, he's he's suited for the quarterback room. I mean, he's somebody who mm-hmm. needs to get his get his handprints on a quarterback. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe. I mean, I know he was down there with Willie Taggart when he was being introduced and kind of getting familiar with with FAU. So we'll see if he lands there. Uh, there could be a couple other spots. So We'll, we'll see what happens with Sean. We'll keep contact with him and, uh, you know, wherever he ends up, he'll, he'll do a, he'll do a fine job, but I'll say this, wherever he goes, I think whoever is the coach will have a outside of this area, will have an appreciation for Tampa talent. And, and I think Sean King will be given a license to come and recruit this area. If, uh, if that's exactly what is, uh, bestowed upon him. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Now, you know, I've been reading uh, some USF blogs and whatnot. I mean, obviously the job one for Jeff Scott um, is to win, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen before that. I mean, we we talked about before we even knew who they were going to hire that this next head coach was going to have to sell the program, right? He's going to have to be a salesman and a fundraiser as as much as anything, right? Which means spending time with boosters, trying to get the indoor facility built. Now, I know he's doing all of that right now, uh, but because he's doing that, what impact potentially might that have on recruiting? Are they going to be behind? Sometimes when you hire a new head coach, you know, you, you, you've got to try to retain maybe some of the guys that had committed uh, to USF under Charlie. I mean, where are they now with recruiting and how, how far of a step back might they take now with this new hire? Well, starting, starting today, Wednesday, is the 72-hour window for um for for the early signing and they're going to get their guys starting to you know the, and, and you know they've got guys ben knox they've got some other guys who are firmly committed i'm pretty sure ty barong is still committed uh, over on the other side of the, of the of the coast so he's they they still got some guys 
Um, they had they had official. I think one thing, um, you know, Rick, is that over the weekend they all took official visits. These most of these guys, so that was their mm-hmm. real chance to get in here, put the jersey on, have Jeff Scott there. You know, and I talked mm-hmm. with some of these last week i said have you reached out to him they said yeah a couple of them said yes a couple of them said hey i just you know was told hey come here this weekend let's let's talk so uh, i think jeff scott got his handprint on some of the recruits listen people aren't going to like the way the recruiting rankings look right now that's okay but it wouldn't shock me if you know by the time some people listen to this if maybe a couple of south carolina kids have jumped on board maybe a qb maybe a wide receiver maybe a defensive player you know i think jeff is you know, Jeff wants to build this inside out, but at the same time, right now, he's got to do what's best to get the recruiting class in place. And and I think February is going to be a goal. The transfer portal is going to be heavy. They've already got two kids coming in. We were kind of on, on top of the uh, the Darian Felix news, the Fort Myers kid from Oregon. Um, they also mm-hmm. got another kid, Levante Valentine, who played over at Melbourne, and now he's going to come down from South Carolina. So, uh, you know, they, they're, they're getting guys. It's just going to be a little different. And there's no need to rush. You know, but people are going to look and say, oh, we're 10th in the American. We're this ranking in the nation. It's like, who, who the hell cares? You got a new coach. Nobody cares. You know, I mean, and, and that's what I tried to warn people on Twitter the other day. I said, listen, UCF fans and other fans are going to make fun of you. Who cares? Okay, this isn't, mm-hmm. this, isn't, this isn't fifth grade. Who cares? That's Twitter. It's fifth grade. That's why I'm great at it. But it's like, you know, we don't <laughs> need that. <laughs> you are you're outstanding follow on Twitter because because of your fifth grade uh, mentality. Um, listen, it, look, he said it in your interview that I watched on Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News Nine that when, when they when, when they went to Clemson, you know, right, and Dabo was was starting that thing, uh, not starting it, but I mean trying to build it back up to yeah. what it is now. Obviously, a college powerhouse that goes to the you know the playoffs every year. They weren't landing five-star recruits, the, you know, the first time around. I mean, he he made a good point that yeah. look, there's there's plenty of fruit on the tree. You don't always have to, you know. He came down here when they were, you know, starting up, and and they weren't always getting the five stars right off the bat. Yeah, but see, that's what we call Rick in the business, uh, putting the ball on the tee. You know, I, I mean, like I understood, <laughs> you know, I understood that was the case, and I think a lot of us, and you know, we are you know, people who understand this recruiting business, and you know, new coaching staffs, we understand it takes time. But a lot of people these days, they look at Clemson. I mean, you should have seen it when Tony Elliott walked in the room when those other Clemson coaches were there. Oh yeah, God, people were all taking photos because that Clemson logo is one of the most powerful brands in all of college sports. So mm-hmm. I. People just look at that Clemson brand and they see, oh, the final play to Renfro here at Ray J. They see, yeah. you know, the, the blowout over Alabama. So I think they forget where that that you have to build. And so yeah, Jeff Jeff knew Jeff knows that you know you're gonna have to build this and you're gonna have to get the three stars. And heck, even Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, you know, has the guts to say sometimes we're not gonna get four and five stars. You got to develop two stars. So uh, you know, I think you know you're gonna have to take some chances on some guys. Um, but you know, don't be upset if not all the three-star guys you had don't come because they want to mill offers. And another thing, this is a time of year where kids are taking finals and they thought maybe they could graduate early or they thought they were in a better academic position than they were. Um, mm-hmm. so they've got to clean up their work. So it's, there's a lot of factors outside of just a football offer for some of these young men. And, you know, we absolutely hope the best for all the young men, but sometimes it is what it is. They got to go Juco. They got to do their, they got to do their thing. So, but yeah, I mean, what has to happen though, between now and next year's recruiting, 
the guys who go to Indiana, the guys who go to Illinois, because we're seeing that uh, do span from Lakewood, a good quarterback, Trayvon Riggins. Um, you know, there's been a lot of guys. They're flipping to Indiana's and Illinois's. You know, you know sure. I, I, Rutgers. I mean, come on. No offense. What, but yeah. It's freaking Piscataway. You know, I mean, you know, like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's have, you know, like, these are not. The guys. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know who's up there now? Uh. <laughs> Our boy. <laughs> yeah, Greg Schiano. Toes on yeah. the line, blowing the whistle. Uh, but no, but that's the thing. I understand it's Greg Schiano. I understand Rutgers in the Big Ten, but I'm sorry, you would have more success staying at USF. And that's what Jeff Scott mm-hmm. has to sell to the at least the local guys. And they don't always have to be 25 Bay Area guys, but I think these coaches in the area really need to see someone keep their promise to bring in Bay Area guys. They liked Charlie Strong. They did not like Willie Taggart. They did not like a lot of the assistants on either staff. So it's, you know, I think for a lot of these guys, it's I'm done with you telling me you got to show me. So that's going to be a big thing. Another thing from your interview uh, that I watched on Shameless Plug Spectrum Sports 360 um, is that is that he said, you know, look, this guy's impressive. Okay, uh, to talk to him. He's got he's got charisma and obviously he's done the work. Right. This has not been an overnight hire for him. Uh, he spent a lot of time at Clemson. He's probably had other opportunities. But Jeff Scott said something um, to you. He said, look, I'm, I'm at peace with what I'm doing because I'm, pre- you know, I'm so prepared for this. Like, he's been a coach, and we touched on this the last time we talked, that since he was like eight years old, you know, Joey Knight, when we were talking to him, said, like, this guy has planned to be a coach. He was the son of a coach. Yeah. Um, he, he may be a, a young man. He's very young, in fact. But, you know, he, he, the confidence that he exudes in himself and, 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 and sort of his plan I think is reassuring. I really do. Oh no, you're right. And I, you know, I know Joey did a great piece on, um, on, you know, kind of Jeff's rise there and that, that tri- I think it was the triple a uh, champion, you know, state championship up there. When yeah. 20, the 21 years old or 24 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right around there. Yeah. But I talked and I know Joey did too, but we both, I had a chance to, you know, talk with his dad, Brad. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was really nice. You know, Brad was talking about how, you know, just, you know, he said this principal, you know, he had, had a pool of candidates and she chose him and because she saw something, she said, and he goes, and that's, that's when, you know, because I've known since he was a kid that he was going to be a coach. And now, you know, mm. other people see the intangibles. It's not just coaching X's and O's. It's not just lining up your offense and your defense. You have to be right. able to. And he does that very well. And that's one thing I've heard is that he understands what the high school coaching life is. He understands, especially here in our, it's not like, you know, Georgia or Texas where these guys get salaries to be coaches. You know, they're getting stipends of $1,100, you know, in Clearwater. Right. Oh, and uh, one time from my boy, Dom Misek. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this. So I think, you know, Jeff is ready. He's hungry. You and I talked a lot about that. This is the time for someone who wants to make their mark this is the time for mm-hmm. someone who wants to have a legacy. If his legacy is like Scott Frost at UCF, it's one of the it's build him a statue at at, at USF. Build him a statue outside Absolutely. the new IPF. If he gets the IPF mm-hmm. built while you're here and he and and he wins you a conference championship, it, then I don't care who gave you what money. It's called the Jeff Scott you know center for <laughs> for football. I don't care. That's that's the end of it. Oh, I mean, I think every USF fan would agree with that. So, oh, there go the naming rights. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree with you. I I think they got I think they got a good guy, and and he's, he yeah. fits the profile. They certainly need a rising 
a rising star as opposed to uh, maybe one that's uh, trying to, to go to his next job. So um, off to a good start so far. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, let's uh, let's slip over here and talk a little about eh, they had the Bucks. The, uh, uh, look, uh, 456 yards one week, 458 yards the next week. Yeah, he throws those early picks to get it out of his system, I guess. But what are we seeing with Jameis Winston? That, as Bruce Arian said, when you start a sentence with never done before in the NFL, oh. that's nothing to just kind of gloss over, right? No, I mean, he's – listen, he's he's having some impressive games. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's impressive when Mike Evans isn't out there for the majority. Um, you know, and I think now Chris Godwin. So, um, yeah. You know, I love what Bruce Arians said about, you know, Vernon Hargraves. He said, you know, what do you think Vernon's going to have an advantage knowing your receivers? And he goes, he's not going to know the receivers. Heck, I don't even know him. So, I mean, I think think that's right now. I mean, Spencer Schnell is coming. We, my buddy Kenny Morales did a great piece on him earlier this year. So I think it's, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, these, these are other guys that are going to have to step up. Um, But uh, you know, listen, Jameis, but that's the, that's the key. If you're a good quarterback, if you're a great quarterback, you don't care who's on the field. Look at Tom Brady. How many how many guys? Oh, yeah. How many quarterbacks has he made look like all like Pro Bowl receivers? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. guys who have just you know come in from Appalachian State or wherever the hell they were. You know, I mean, and he's made those guys a lot of money. You know, because they go off yeah, and sign yes. the contracts. So I think um, you know, listen, Jameis is very impressive right now, and I think he knows more than anything. He needs to not only make the decision tough for Bruce Arians if a decision has not been made. He needs to make it downright impossible. You know, it's like the coaches would say in tryouts, give me a reason to keep you. You know, I, I've already got the reasons not to keep most of you. Give me the reason to keep you. So I think that's what he's trying to do right now is he's trying to drive it home that him and Byron Leftwich are clicking. Him and Bruce Arians see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, they're not going to the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be Houston because I think they're still playing for something. But who cares? You know, I think Bucks fans might see some hope here. And 2020 might actually be the next year that we've been talking about for a decade. You know, I never heard a coach ever say, give me a reason to keep you. It was more like, give me a reason to get rid of you. Uh, um, I don't know. But... Maybe my coaches were more positive. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, they, they certainly were. Um, yeah. Listen, you know, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that the mark of a good quarterback is that he makes guys around him better, right? I mean, we saw – Brashard Perriman, who I think is is still a talent, but for him to come out there and have you know three touchdowns in a game that they really needed him to step up in, and let's face it, I don't I don't think I've seen Jameis actually throw the ball better. Now you know sometimes he throws it right to the defense, but boy, they're nice throws. Um, but 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 in a, you know really he was he was dropping some dimes, and and it's all kinds of throws. You know what I mean? He's seeing the field, yeah. um, feathering the ball out to the running backs, uh, you know, tight end. I mean. I just think he's throwing the football better. Now, you know, the big question is going to be – and for the first time, Chris, this this was telling to me – I've not heard him say it sort of voluntarily like this, but he, he basically says, I hope I've helped myself. 
Yeah. So I think I think it I you know, I wasn't sure exactly whether Jameis wants to be here, would prefer to be a free agent. Clearly he wants to get paid. I mean that's that's why you're in this game, right? They're professional athletes and, and there's there's a ninety or a hundred million dollar payday out there for him. It's just a question of where. I don't know that he gets it here next year. Maybe he no. gets franchised. But I thought yeah. it was significant that he said, I hope I've made a good case for myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I know that, I mean, I, my, my tone hasn't changed. I'd rather Shaq Barrett get franchised. I don't want him walking out of here if, if I can help sure. it. Um, but, well, Bruce but, says uh, it ain't happening, yeah. No, I, I know. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the GM here. This is my team now. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, uh, yeah. I, I, think, um, I think when you look at Jameis, I, I think it's, it's – I think I, I'm kind of to the point where I think he is going to be here. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if any decision has been made or not. But what I right. do think that he is going to be the quarterback in 2020. But my reservation, and it will continue to be this way, one, I'm not sure if the competition – it has to be said. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a downer. But is the competition truly the best that they've faced? And you've got to weigh everything. Um, so I think at the end of the year, they're going to keep them, but I am so hesitant to give this guy the guaranteed money and the room to breathe for three to four years where it's, he's guaranteed on this. He's got this roster bonus here. He's got money tied in for the next, this year, this year. I'm of the belief. If you want to give him a three, four year deal, that's great. But the guaranteed money really runs out after next year, maybe a little bit carries over. I just I think Jameis is the type of quarterback you need to have on one year deals. You know, truly, not the guaranteed money, the true deal where it's like we can keep you, but if we do, you yeah. know, it's our decision. And I think that's yeah. I just feel that's where he you're gonna get the best Jameis Winston is when you kind of keep him on that tightrope a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think that carrot is big to him. They play the Houston Texans, so we can talk about all the competition we want, but if Houston wins this game on Saturday that means they're the AFC South division champions, and they have Deshaun Watson. They have a pretty good uh, football team. They also have Vernon Hargraves. Yeah. And it seems like it's, it was a, a long time ago, but it wasn't that long that uh, the Bucks put him on waivers. Uh, the Texans were desperate for defensive backs. They, they claimed Hargraves and his $9 million guarantee next year. You know what, Chris? It's undeniable that the Bucks did the right thing, and here's why. Have you seen Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting oh, playing lately? That defense yeah. is completely turned around in the secondary. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch, and they're growing. You know, I think what's what's well, but what also is fun. I think I heard Jenna Lane saying this on you know, when you guys on the on DAE. She mentioned like these guys are playing. They're actual like they're pressing. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. actually doing the things that they did well in college. You know, and I remember yeah. Bruce Bruce tried to say that's what he tried to do with Vernon. You know, just to, to no avail, yeah. but. You know, I think with the Carlton Davises, with the Sean Murphy Buntings, Jamel Dean, I mean, here's the thing. These guys can hit. These are SEC guys. They can hit. Um, you know, they're, you know, I think these, this is the type of, you know, I think these guys are, and here's the thing. If you find that nucleus and they really are the, the kind of the path forward, you know, maybe you still try and bring in some, like maybe a veteran just to have, but, um, you know, these, these guys are kind of making you feel better about your secondary and maybe allows you to go after that front seven a little bit more aggressively, draft, free agency, the money you're going to have, and you don't feel like you have to plug holes back there because if you can get pressure on QBs with a very good front, they're talented enough to, to pick, up, pick them off. Pick, we saw Murphy Bunting do it. Uh, you know They're talented enough with the Devin Whites up front with all of them. So 
I think this defense is the biggest winner of this season if at the end of the year you have all these guys healthy and all these guys have that confidence going into next year. It's bigger than Jameis looking good. This defense finally is making the turn. And with Todd Bowles there, and when you know this coaching staff is going to be here, that's a big thing. Yeah, and they know those guys better after a year, and it'll be their job to try to keep guys like Shaq Barrett and, and add to that defensive line. There's likely to lose some people, but watching Sean Murphy bunting make that play at a critical time when that game looked like it was going to be tied up and from Central Michigan running it into the end zone with 40 yeah. friends and family, that was exciting. That was good stuff. So hopefully they'll have more plays like that. All right, I wanted to ask you about the Rays uh, here for a second. Uh, look, my my uh, the, the player that I like to watch the most was Tommy Pham, the man of a thousand stairs. You knew him very well. Um, you know, he's gone. Then they, they make a deal. And then they also bring in a Japanese slugger, and I'm going to try his name, Yoshitomo Susugo? Susugo. Susugo, I guess, right? No, no, you, you hit it on the head, just as, just as the song in Japan goes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my Japanese is so bad. Um, what do you what do you like about the Rays and what 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 concerns you uh, with the moves they've made uh, so far this winter? Well, Tommy Pham is he not only was what well, I I still love that interview where he goes, I want to credit myself. I still love that. I still thought and it wasn't arrogant. It was just the truth. You know, I thought he was just, he was staying, you know, he, he put in the hard work all his life. So I've always liked that. What sucks about losing a guy like Tommy is that I think, you know, you had brought him over from, uh, from St. Louis and it was like, wow, this guy just hasn't been given a chance. And now you're mm-hmm. giving him a chance and look what he's doing. And he's kind of become that kind of leader in the clubhouse. He's sometimes he's not friendly with the media. So be it. But you know, he's, he, you know, but I think that at the end of the day, Renfro's making what, three million in arbitration and Tommy's making eight, six. Yeah. So you do the math. I mean, there's, that's, that's why. So, um, you know, they, they're going to hopefully find something in Renfro and then you bring in this Susugo type of lefty, but now they got a lefty heavy lineup. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know some people, I, you know, there had been a belief that somebody big had to go, um, you know, but I think this kind of makes it clear KK and center, you're going to have, you know, the Renfros and the, you know, the Meadows. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad team. I think it's going to be, I mean, Mike Zanino, you're putting a lot of faith in him behind home plate. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I'd like to say they're right there with where they were last year. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not as, I, I don't know. I'm not as optimistic. 96 wins in this past season. I, I'm not sure if I see 96. I think they need to add a little bit more. I would hope they add a little bit more, but we'll see. Yeah, still early in the in the uh, winter winter time. The uh, hot stove league just heating mm-hmm. up. Avisel Garcia, they lose. He goes to the White Sox. But look at these salaries, Chris. Two years, twenty million dollars. There's no way that the that the Rays would think or or could afford that or think that he's necessarily worth it. And then Travis Darno, who they would have yeah. loved to have kept, I mean, he gets $16 million from the Mets for a couple of years. So the Rays do one thing well. They bring in these guys. They rehabilitate the injuries or whatever it is that's uh, devalued them. And then they make them a whole hell of a lot of money. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? I mean, that's what, you know, Travis gets. I mean, that's $36 million for two guys who weren't making a whole hell of a lot of money. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they did their job. Um, you know, I think Travis, uh, you know, going back to the NL East, um, 
you know, I think uh, it's it's interesting to see with him. And um, but I think with Avi, I mean, God, I mean, it felt at times he wasn't even there. And now look at yeah. him in 20 million. So, uh, you know, that's what the Rays have to do. They know that. I yeah. mean, you know, or Morrison, you know, had a big season and then they didn't re-sign him. And I think he got yeah. paid by Minnesota or somewhere. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. these guys never do a completely great. It's like the Rays know exactly how to use them, and then they're never used that way again. But, um, you know, that's what makes the Rays the Rays. They're going to get every bit of ounce out of you, and then when it's time to say goodbye, they're going to say goodbye. So hey, They'll bring in some people for sure. You may even see Steven Sousa Jr. again here in Tampa oh, Bay. Oh, I knows? would love that, wouldn't you? I'd love that. Yeah. I'd be great. So Good dude. So, yeah. all right, finally, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we do this podcast, they play Ottawa tonight. They've had sort of this gauntlet, uh, long home stand. They're gaining a few points, kind of kicking around around 500. Do you think they're uh, on, the way, on the way back? Are they, are they starting to play well at this point? I think they're starting to play well enough. Um, I think you mm-hmm. talk to some people, I think before, you know, they kind of are starting to play better, and it's like, hey, you know, Cooper, Cooper, he's on the hot seat. He's this, he's that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the first to tell you, listen, I have not been around – Amelie Arena this year. I I have been too busy up at USF. I've been too busy sure, with sure. everything else, recruiting, everything else. But just from watching, it's like they they go. It's like every time I think they're about to just burst and go on mm-hmm. this at a ten or something like you know. I, I was looking at it like I don't think they had their twelfth. I was looking at the other. It's like like their twelfth loss came in February last year. The twelfth loss yeah. in regulation. So it's like. It's a little mind-boggling to see the record they have now and be like, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" So, but again, mm-hmm. I think the Lightning are still tinkering. I think they're still kind of getting things right, and I I think they're going to be fine. I think if they can get to the All-Star break in position to know they can attack the division, and again, you don't have to be the one seed. You don't. It's it's proven. You don't. You, if you're the one seed, you're probably not going anywhere. So, uh, just get in. Make some noise. I would hate to have the lightning in a seven-game series, um, you know, and especially if, if it starts in someone else's building. The pressure's all on you to win. And Steven Stamkos gets a one-timer, and it's one nothing, and your crowd's taken out of it. So I think the lightning, I think they'd love that kind of us-against-the-world, people-are-doubting-us mentality. You hear it from mm-hmm. Jeremy Roenick and other people on NBC Sports. They're saying this used to be the dominant Tampa Bay lightning. Like, I would just play that on a loop come playoff time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to be the dominant Tampa Bay Lightning. Didn't y'all just rate us the best franchise in North American sports? And weren't we still mm. picked by more analysts to win the Stanley Cup? So, you know, I think anybody who wants to throw a little bit, you know, throw some dirt on a grave that doesn't have anything in it, go right ahead. You know, the casket's not there. So I think the Lightning are ready to, you know, come back from the dead, even though they're still pumping. Absolutely. And finally, Mike Francesa, you're not on WFAN anymore. Uh, what do we do now? How do we listen to you? Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of ways we can listen to me. Okay. Okay. I'm on the app. I'm on the app. It's the radio.com app, you know. Uh, you know, uh, this this idea that I'm not there anymore. Listen, it's a bunch of, bunch of balaki. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I do like a 6 630. You know, I, I pop in, I say hi, I take your calls, and then we get out. It's beautiful. It's half hour. I'm on the app. app. But then I'm yeah. like, yeah, but that, yeah, but you count it up, and that's like, you know, that's like two and a half hours a week. You know, <laughs> so, you know yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. Funny, yeah. did you hear who's did you hear who's replacing me? Joe Beninga. No. 
and Evan Roberts, the midday show. Oh, what a hoot. Uh, no, Evan's a good guy. He likes, he's a Mets fan. Nobody talks about them. Nobody cares about the Mets. Okay. You talk about the Mets in afternoon drive. We're going to have more traffic on the George, on the GW. Okay. More traffic. Okay. And Joe Beningo, my God, he's older than I am. You know, bro, bro, bro. I'm like, come on. We can't. Wait, wait a minute. We have Chris Trello doing Mike Francesca doing doing Joe. That's pretty good. That's outstanding. He is the lovely, the talented Chris Torello on Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9. And he joins us here uh, uh, way too uh, infrequent, but we have him about every week or so. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Always great to talk to Chris Torello. Hey, remember, tomorrow we're going to have your mailbag questions, so you want to submit those to us. You can do that on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Bucks will continue their preparations for their Saturday game against the Houston Texas, part of an NFL Network triple header. So for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 